0: We are in Alma 41 and 42, and these go together perfectly, so we're going to do them together. Right off the bat in verse 1 and 41, Alma continues to teach Corianton and says, I perceive that your mind is worried. Some have rested or changed the scriptures, and he's just come from teaching. He's in his youth, um, which means it can mean actual, but it also means spiritually. There's a lot for him still he doesn't know, and I could say that of myself, but I love that he says, you know, we've just come from the Zoramites, and they have completely changed the gospel truths. They used to be members of the church and used to believe what we believe, and he doesn't even say it's the Zoramites. He say he just says some have changed it, and first, they teach that it doesn't matter what we do, that we're all saved, and the second thing they teach is that it's just them that were chosen. And that all else will be destroyed and that there is no Christ. And we've already gone through that. But I love that he says, okay, let's let's go through this together. And so we're going to jump down in verse 6. And it says, If he had repented of his sins and desired righteousness until the end of his days, even so he shall be rewarded with righteousness. So, let's focus on the fact that if you repent of your sins and your desire is righteousness guess what you will be rewarded righteousness and then i love um in verse 7 these are they that are redeemed of the lord so redemption is different than resurrection if you want redemption Then that's what this is talking about. I will never forget Elder Oak's talk in October of 2019. I love that he talked about the different kingdoms and said, but we are called to teach the celestial kingdom. Everyone will be happy. There's a place for everyone. And I love the way he said that. But he said, I'm not here to teach those other kingdoms. I'm here to talk about redemption. And that's what verse 7 is talking about. Those who want to be with Christ. So let's focus on that. So that is beautiful. Okay. And then he says, the degrees of God in verse 8 are unalterable. Therefore, the way is prepared that whosoever will walk therein will be saved. Okay, hey, let's focus on that. Just walk the way and you'll be saved. Verse nine, and now behold my son, do not risk one more offense. So let's stop thinking that we can, we have our whole life to repent. Let's stop thinking that all are saved let's stop doing any of that and let's focus on where we want to end up do you want to be redeemed do you want to be in the celestial kingdom and I love that Alma assumes his son Corianton does let's all assume our families do our children do people we know do and let's focus on that okay so I love that um that he's saying let's not Focus on how many times we can sin and repent and one more offense let's focus on getting there and then verse ten, do not suppose because it has been spoken concerning restoration that ye shall be restored from sin to happiness, and I love that word restoration because it means to bring back in the same like um same state but better. Does that make sense? So if your desires are righteous, they're going to be righteous. If your desires are wicked, they're going to be wicked and I love that it ends with wickedness never was happy happiness and that word restored is awesome. I love that he uses that. So jump down to verse 12. Now behold is the meaning of the word restoration to take a thing of a natural state and place it in an unnatural state or place it in a state opposite to its nature. Verse thirteen. Oh, my son, this is not the case, but the meaning of the word restoration is to bring back evil for evil, carnal for carnal, devilish for devilish, good for good, righteous for righteous, merciful for that which is merciful. And I just love the way he explains this. Therefore, my son, verse 14, see that you're merciful. And judge righteous judgment and do good continually. And then 15 is just the capstone of this chapter. For that which ye do send out shall return again and be restored. Therefore the word restoration more fully condemneth the sinner and justifieth him not at all. So I absolutely love that. And that ties into that thing, that quote that I always say. And that is Elder Holland who says, I sow." want to be caught living the gospel or doing good when the savior comes so do i and that takes practice and that means every day we're in the process of asking what more the lord would have us do what we need to repent of and being humble and knowing it is a process of continually trying to become as the savior so i love that okay so verse 42 let's go to verse 4 and thus we see so he's talking about the fall And thus we see there was a time granted unto men to repent, a probationary time, a time to repent and serve God. That's what the whole plan is. And it's all about repenting and choosing who we will follow every single day. It started from the very beginning in the councils in heaven. And that's what it's all about. So I love that he's teaching this to his son again and explaining to him why those Ormites have gone astray. So let's think through this, Corianton. let's remember why this is a mistake, what they're teaching. So verse five, for behold, if Adam had put forth his hand immediately and partaken of the tree of life, he would have lived forever. According to the word of God, having no space for repentance, yea, and the word of God would have been void, and the great plan of salvation would have been frustrated. And what would be the point of coming? The whole point in coming was to grow and to learn and to become as our Father in Heaven. If that was not the point, we could have stayed in the pre-earth life and just continued on. We had stagnated and gotten to a place where we could not learn and grow any further. And so we chose to come knowing that we would be tried and tested and we would need repentance. And so I love the way that he is explaining this here. Okay, seven, and now you see by this, our first parents were cut off temporally, and spiritually from the presence of the Lord. And they became subject to follow after their will. That was the whole point that we get to choose. And then I love that he talks about being redeemed. Again, which we've talked about and reclaimed. And then I love how he explains this in verse 10. Therefore, as they had become carnal, sensual, devilish by nature... This probationary state became a state for them to prepare, a preparatory state. And so I love that he talks again about this preparatory state. We talked about restored, restoration, and now we're talking about that it's a preparation to be with God. And so I love that he goes here in verse 13. Therefore, according to justice, the plan of redemption, redeemed, could not be brought about only on conditions of repentance in this probationary state, yea, this preparatory state. For except it were for these conditions, mercy could not take effect, except it would destroy justice. Now the work of justice could not be destroyed, if so, God would cease to be God. There's no way that we could end up being with him without proving that we are comfortable living with him. That our desires are for good. Our desires are righteousness. And unless we continue to grow, to become like him. So I love how he is explaining this to him. 14, and thus we see that all mankind was fallen... And in the grasp of justice, the justice of God, which consigned them forever to be cut off from his presence. So that is what would happen. That's where we would all be. So if you want to talk about the fact that we'll all be resurrected, yes, but we will all be cut off from his presence because of justice. And then we go to verse 15, and now the plan of mercy could not be brought about except an atonement should be made. Therefore, God himself atoneth for the sins of the world to bring about the plan of mercy to a please the, pan, plan, sorry, the demands of justice, that God might be a perfect, just, and a merciful God. So in order for justice to be fulfilled, there has to be an atonement because none of us would be able to do it. His is the escape plan. And so the atonement is made, and the only way we take advantage of that is through repentance. And one of the things I love to do with my seminary kids is in math, there is a thing called um, a complement, And what that is, is you will have a bracket, and in the bracket, you will have like one, two, three, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. And then a bracket and you say, what is the complement to this? Well, the complement is everything missing. So four, five, six, that would be the complement. And the reason I love this is it's whatever it takes to make that complete. The atonement takes whatever we are lacking to make us complete And we use that when we talk about being sealed to a spouse. So you talk about everything you bring to the table, everything your spouse brings to the table, you are sealed. And now as a couple, those things are yours, but we still have gaps we're missing. And Heavenly Father has Jesus Christ atone and he brings the rest to make us complete. And that is the definite definition of perfection so i love that compliment because all of us have things that are missing the prophet may have a lot less a lot fewer things it may only be one thing but he has need of the atonement and has need of the savior just as i who has a lot more missing in my in between my two parentheses to make my set complete. But I'm working on that. I'm working on getting more and more and more, but it doesn't matter because even with how much I'm working, I am going to need the Savior. But it takes that desire and it takes calling on Him and having faith and showing that practice every day of humbling myself and calling on His name for His atonement to make up the rest in those brackets and make that complement or make my set or make me complete. So I love that. Okay, so then he goes into verse 16 and says, Now repentance could not come upon man except there was a punishment, which also is eternal, as the life of the soul, affixed opposite the plan of happiness, which is as eternal as the life of the soul. And so it says in 17, so how can a man repent except there was sin? So. You have to understand there has to be a punishment and a just law given in verse 18 and a remorse of conscience. So he's explaining why. All of this is needed because he's talking to his son who is very concerned about a God, a just God, having punishment. And the reason I love this is because this was a concern of mine for a long time until I heard someone give a talk about the difference in the definition of punishment and consequence. And God is a God of law. And just as we can pick our actions, we can't pick our consequences. And he doesn't punish, but he is a God of law. And when you disobey something, there is a consequence attached. And although he loves us, part of that love is letting us suffer the consequence so we learn and become better. And that's why we need repentance. And I love that. Okay, so then jump to... Um, 23 But God ceaseth not to be God, and mercy claimeth the penitent, and mercy cometh because of the atonement, and the atonement bringeth to pass the resurrection of the dead, and the resurrection of the dead bringeth back men into the presence of God, and thus we are restored to his presence to be judged according to their works. According to law and justice and 25 do you suppose that mercy can rob justice I say to you nay not one whit. if so God would cease to be God and we would not be able to live in his presence and I love in 27 therefore O oh my son whosoever this is the gift whosoever will come may Come and partake of the waters of life freely. Focus on that. Anyone who wants to, who wants to humble themselves and come can. And whosoever will not, the same is not compelled. God does not force. He just stretches out his hand and pleads, please come. Please repent. Please call on my name. Please come. Come. And I love the way he says that. And then in 29, And now, my son, I desire you should not let these things trouble your mind anymore. Let it go. Just let your sins trouble you. So it brings you down to repentance. And then 30, Oh, my son, I desire you should deny the justice of God no more. Do not endeavor to excuse yourself. Do not explain it away. Do not say it's because of someone else. Because those are all tools of Satan that we do. But turn and acknowledge the mercy of God in his long suffering and let it have full sway in your heart and bring you down to the dust in humility. And now, my son, you are called of God to preach the word. Now, my son, go thy way. Declare the word with truth and soberness that thou may bring souls to repentance. And I love that he allows his son to go back And be a missionary, he trusts him that he will turn others and learn from this lesson that his father has just taught him. But I also love that Alma has gone through this and knows. He knows the bitter hell and he teaches from a place of love and understanding. And I love the way he explains to Corianton. And I love in this conference talk that I um, used yesterday by Elder Holmes, deep in our heart, two quotes. And the first he says, when we choose to repent, we choose to change. We allow the Savior to transform us into the best version of ourself. And then secondly, only the gospel will save the world from the calamity of its own self-destruction. Only the gospel will unite men and women of all races and nationalities in peace. Only the gospel will bring joy, happiness, and salvation to the human family. That says it all. Only God. Only the gospel. And that's what we have to offer to other people is the joy of knowing as we know. Not because we're perfect, but we know that with Christ we can be complete. I hope you know the church is true. And more than that, I hope you know the Savior loves you.